Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Howl the Podcast. My name is Shannon Farrell, one of the writer-directors here on Howl, and I will be your host for this episode. Episode 2! Thank you so much to everybody who is coming back. Thank you so much for following along on all our socials. Really appreciate that. If you have yet to check out the first companion episode that we released last week, I suggest you do that uh, after this episode for sure. Um, it's a little conversation between myself and Cheyenne, the writer, director, creator, super awesome leader person. Um, and it's a really fun conversation and, and we, we had a good time. So go, go and check that out. But of course, after you watch this episode, watch this episode, listen to this episode. Eh, I guess you kind of watch it in your head. Anyways, moving forward, uh, <laughs> let's dive into episode number two of Howl. This episode is called Happy Moving Day, and it is written by our fearless leader, Cheyenne Lynn, directed by me, yours truly, so of course be nice. Here is episode two of Howl, the podcast. Enjoy. Our dorms are converted from older religious buildings. London suffered from a crisis of faith in the early 1900s. A group of investors came to our quaint little logging town looking to start a mining company. During that time, there was a spike of missing women and exsanguinated bodies popping up. Many suspected the outsiders were cause of the disappearances, but nothing linked them directly to the crime. Hey, Rosie! We missed you last night. Look! New scars! Tentative truce was negotiated between the locals and the miners. That is until students started disappearing, namely the mayor's daughter. The mayor at the time, Delta alum Miss Willica Harker, <laughs> rallied, <laughs> rallied the townsfolk together and spearheaded the construction of various churches and temples around Talbot. The school became the epicenter of town, making it the most defensible position. The miners were ousted, and the town hasn't been a fan of outsiders since. Hell yeah, DOA out here saving the world from creepy-ass vampires. Anyway, when it was time for a fresh crop of students, the school bought the surrounding buildings and began converting them into dorms. Don't worry, they've been updated since the 1900s. State-of-the-art kitchen appliances with gyms and laundry on site. We even allow pets. It's been a couple of days since the attack. Kenny Monroe adds the finishing touches on her computer setup. She's surrounded by tower of boxes with Kenny scrawled across the side. The walls are completely bare. This is a brand new dorm room. Her gaze falls on the empty bed on the far side of the room. That bed should have been Rose's. She should still be here, in her old room with her old roommate. 
happy moving day, I guess. The school thought it would be better if I moved after, well, if I just moved. They wouldn't let me stay and help. In the woods behind the church, Caroline, the 23-year-old definition of a sporty upperclassman, brings down her bloody hockey stick into the dusty remains of the living stone statue. She wipes the sweat from her brow with the back of her hand, smearing dust across her forehead. The right sleeve of her hoodie is completely destroyed, a hole torn through it from the wrist to the shoulder. Distinct claw marks cut through the Omega and Alpha symbols. There are small nicks and bruises covering her body, but none of them are too alarming. A young gothic woman cloaked in a black lace dress and a black umbrella-like sun hat rushes towards the pile of rubble. No! Oh, do you know how long it took me to summon that golem? You're <sighs> Stupid deltas. Three weeks of work. Gone, noisy deltas. <sighs> Because her golem tried to kill her, it's my fault? The caucasity of some people. Gonna have to rewash my hair. Caroline shoulders her stained weapon on her good arm. What'd you find, kindness? Oh my god. In the bushes, the tattered remains of a young woman lay crumpled in a bloody pile. Her arms and legs ripped from her body, deep. Even gashes raked across her torso. And her throat viciously torn out under what remains of her Talbot uniform. Her dead gray eyes look up in perpetual horror, pleading for salvation and finding only darkness. I'm so sorry this happened to you. In spite of the horror at her feet, Caroline's eyes narrow on the large crimson animal prints leading away from the body and towards town. Oh, That's not good. Who the heck is this now? Cordelia Cordy Blacktail bursts on the scene in a charred leather jacket, torn baggy jeans, and black heavy boots. She's juggling a keyboard and some boxes with a duffel strapped across her back. Her hair's tied up messily, showing her wireless headphones and handmade earrings with indigenous designs. Dropping the box to prop the door open, she yanks her roll bag in from the hallway and tosses it on the empty bed. As she tosses the keyboard next to her roll bag and unloads it up, Kenny's mouth falls open, unintentionally mesmerized by the appearance of a random beautiful woman in her room. She snaps out of it before she starts to drool. Uh, excuse me? Hello? And says his prayer but night may still become a wolf when Cordy goes out into the hall and hoists one final heavy bag that looks like it barely survived a fire onto the bed. Kenny watches this tornado of a girl make herself at home, seemingly unbothered by the boxes or the complete other person in the room. When a wutika. Cordy pulls out an old photo with singed edges. 
Um, uh, hello? Cordy tends to ignore, well, everyone. Kenny pushes her glasses up and twitches her nose. Uh, what, what are you doing here? Puts the picture under her pillow and starts unpacking, claiming her half of the room. Excuse me. What, what you doing there? Oh, actually, I have a map for our stuff. You know, keep us organized. Oh, what else am I supposed to do? Not like I can ask, what's your name, strange lady in my room? Cordy cracks a smile and spares a glance in Kenny's direction. It's a mix of annoyed and amused. Like when a little kid keeps poking at you to get your attention. Look, rabbit. It's best if we keep things friendly. Right. You stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. I guess friendly and bitchy mean the same thing in your language. <laughs> so, the rabbit is funny. Great. <sighs> Where are my manners? I'm Cordelia, Blacktail, Cordy, to my friends. Kenny nods, but doesn't look back. It makes Cordy smile. For real. She does love a good chase. And... You are... Kendall Monroe, but everybody calls me Kenny. Wanting to see Kenny's face, Cordy tosses a bundled pair of socks at her. Are they clean? Are they dirty? The world will never know. But it works. What the actual fuck? It's nice to meet you, Kenny. Uh, Nice to meet you, too, Cordy. Bold of you. To assume we're friends. <laughs> Don't we? They're still out there. We should keep looking. Houston stands in the middle of the great room facing the Council of Four, the governing body of the Delta Omega Alphas. Her voice echoes off the vaulted ceilings of the ivory room. Seated at the large, mahogany judicial bench of the council, Krista, Sonia, and Eve. A notably empty seat sits at the head of the table. Surrounded by fellow upperclassmen, Krista watches Houston's desperate attempt to keep hope for Rose's return alive with cruel indifference. It's hard losing a partner, especially when you're right there. It was due to their recklessness that we're even in this situation, Eve. If they simply followed the rules and kept the outsider at home, they wouldn't be- They would be here to defend themselves. Fury bubbles just below Houston's surface. Her hands ball into fists at her sides, knuckles turning white as holy fire. Crystal watches the rage dance across Houston's face and her eyes glitter with excitement. She's ready and waiting. Houston to explode. All eyes turn to Caroline, looking battered and bruised. The tension clears from the room and is replaced by a cold understanding. Care? Are you okay? Are you hurt? Let me see. I'm fine, but we have a pest control problem. Krista stands slowly, looking to Sonia. She smiles. Let's go hunting. 
And just like that, that has been the second episode of Howl the Podcast. How are you all doing? Hanging in there, I hope. You're fine. You're going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be super fun. Just stick with us and you're going to have a good time. Uh, As per usual, that's Edward Linden who did our intro and our outro awesome awesome music thank you so much ted you can find his uh instagram and twitter information in our description as well of course as the rest of the cast and the creative uh myself and cheyenne as well as the uh general twitter and instagram for the show and if you uh click that follow button and maybe hit those notification buttons as well you will be reminded whenever we have a new episode Now, speaking of new episodes, we, of course, have another companion episode for you next week. It will be premiering on November 11th. We are joined by our one and only Kinney Monroe, played by Sydney Daly. We have a great conversation uh, between creators and creative, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So definitely tune into that on November the 11th. And the next Howl episode, episode three, will premiere on the next new moon or full moon. But uh, if any of you are uh, muggles out there... Um, we will premiere on November 19th. So catch us back here on November 19th and, of course, as well on the 11th for that really, really fun uh, conversation with Sydney. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Be careful out there because you never know what's lurking in the woods. Good night.